0: And uh, thank you for joining LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. Um, And so I was just sharing, like, it was rainy and cold this morning and a little snowy in different parts of the metro area, which is kind of crazy, um, because tomorrow it'll be bright and sunny, and the earlier in the week it was in, like, the 70s, the high 70s, it was warm. Um, And so (laughs) apparently... That's what we do at the beginning of LX. 2 as we uh, we talk about the weather. Um, so I had a lot of different inspiration this week, uh, and I you know have been kind of processing the topic as I was writing um, for the year of detachment. Um, as well as uh, I wrote a little essay that I put on the blog uh, about the topic. So uh, beginning of the week, I have I follow a, a page on Instagram called Nature Is Metal. Uh, And usually it's just like animals killing each other, which is kind of interesting Uh, because nature is, in fact, uh, very violent and kind of awesome. And so I was watching this video of a crab that was molting. And so it was coming out of its shell. uh, And so like a lot of animals that molt or shed, um, what it said in the captions was uh, that it's kind of a dangerous time For this crab because it doesn't have the hard shell that it is used to having. And so immediately my brain goes to, um, you know, one, all the animals that do that. So like snakes and spiders and cicadas because they come out of their shell and they leave their fucking bodies everywhere. Um, But really thinking about that idea, right, of this molting animal that generally has a hard protective shell and then it doesn't um, and so it does that so that it can grow into the new part of itself. Um, and so uh, a couple of years ago, a uh, friend and I were talking about um, just attachment and the concept. Um, and we were also talking about metamorphosis. And so, um, you know, caterpillars turn into butterflies and or moths. Um, and that idea that they go into a chrysalis uh, or cocoon and they completely deconstruct uh, into the goo phase or into the soup uh, and then they they recreate themselves um, and so I think about that often when it comes to uh, learning new skills and tools and certainly as we evolve as human beings and like human beings obviously we don't uh, we don't molt our skin although we do change every skill skin cell that we own and every cell that is in our bodies um, every seven years and so as we age, certainly uh, we go through these metamorphic kind of situations, uh, but it, it had me thinking about just the human experience and how sometimes when we um, go through significant changes, when significant things happen, uh, are, are, we are changed on a cellular level, um, and so it's very much that molting of the older version of ourselves. And I talk about the different versions of ourselves often because it's important to recognize that, you know, the, the person I was at 16 is not the person I am today at 50. Um, for so many reasons, that's a good thing. Um, but there's also things that I miss about, you know, my 16 year old self, um, or my 19 year old self or, um, somebody was saying, uh, you know, what did you do last night? Did you dance on tables and, you know, get arrested and do crazy things? And I was like, I haven't done crazy, crazy things. And crazy is relative, right? Um, but specific to dancing on tables, <laughs> not since I was 19. I became a mom at 20. So, you know, my my party phase was, was pretty limited. Um, and not to say that I didn't have fun, but I didn't have that kind of fun. And uh, so I was like, no, I I didn't do those things. Um, And certainly now with the time change and it gets, you know, darker, sooner, whatever. um, Often people get really, um, they want to stay home and be cozy and go to bed at seven. Um, I try not to go to bed at seven because I don't want to be up at five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning or whatever ridiculous time that is. Um, But really, you know, kind of considering versions of ourselves it is nothing so dramatic as a crab coming out of its hard shell to then form another one but it is very much an evolutionary process that we go through in a lifetime period um and so you know to the idea of detachment oftentimes we are very attached to whatever version we are in the moment um or you know really attached to the the idea of like a past version of ourselves. and so thinking about this this crab in particular, and the and the phrase like this is a dangerous time for this animal, when we are shedding old versions of ourselves or unlearning parts of you know kind of what we have grown up with or what we have lived with for a long time, um, we get very soft, we get very uh, vulnerable, and that doesn't feel good. And so oftentimes people will stay in situations, kind of like we were talking about, you know, the last time of toxic environments, um, really recognizing that sometimes we, it's easier to stay in a shell that doesn't fit uh, because that makes more sense. Because going into that uh, molting phase and being soft and vulnerable and not having the same coping skills that we had once, that seems far more uncomfortable than, you know, kind of dealing with where we are right now, and so as I've been writing on on the journey of detachment and really looking at life from a receiving place, um, and and not holding on to anything or letting anything hold on to me um, has been very cathartic in how I am perceiving everything around me. And I think oftentimes whenever we are doing you know new exciting things or learning new skills, um, it feels uncomfortable. And so when I when I'm teaching skills, uh, either in therapy or coaching or even workshops, um, I think cli- like people start to pay attention to oh I didn't realize I was doing that and that is like an automatic behavior that has been happening. And so how do I do it differently? So you integrate a new skill. So for example, boundary setting or having hard conversations or communicating your needs um, can feel very awkward and clumsy at first. And so it is that vulnerable phase of like, now I have this awareness that this version of me or this particular, um, you know, shell that I have built up in defenses does not serve me, you know, kind of talking about too, like my reactive self, um, has, I, it takes me time and, and I become very aware of when I'm doing it, maybe not in the moment, but after the fact, of what am I responding to? What am I reacting to? Where is this old reaction or response coming from in terms of who I have been before now? Um, and so, you know, we're, we're triggered often throughout the day to an older past version of ourselves. Um, and then we, we sometimes uh, can start to pay attention to, oh, I didn't realize I had been doing that like all day. And, and it is very much an automatic behavior. Water. I think when we start to change our awareness of what is happening and what is going on around us, um, it can feel very awkward and clumsy. And, you know, I I think oftentimes our default setting is to get down on ourselves for, uh, you know, behaving in a way that we are trying to work past, um, or trying not to, 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 uh, participate in because it is very much, um, sometimes it's not conscious in the way that we react or respond. Um, And certainly when we are trying on a new behavior or a new perspective or looking at things from a a different lens, um, it is that vulnerable space. It is that um, uncomfortable um, awareness of, I didn't realize I was doing that and now I know. So when I know better, then we have that expectation that I will do better. Um, and, and that it'll just be easy. And that's not true. Um, when I work with clients, um, generally, I will see clients uh, four sessions back to back, right? So one every week. And then um, depending on how they're doing, as I've loaded them up with scales, and we've processed a lot of things, and we're starting to look at things from a different awareness, then I will go to every two weeks. And so I give them the opportunity to implement those skills and tools that we have been talking about based on the relationships and the dynamics that they're dealing with. Um, And so, you know, that is an ideal processing. And then once we do every two weeks for a while, then we go to monthly and then we terminate. Um, I work myself out of a job on a regular basis. And what I do recognize is in that two week period, when we go longer between sessions, uh, they start to recognize where things uh, need tweaking in terms of how they are addressing those boundaries or how they are having those conversations or what behaviors they need to work on specifically. And so then we go back to that idea of self-talk um, in terms of how are you talking to yourself through these growth phases um, as you have kind of uh, shed off, you know, that that older version of you. Um, and And, you know, kind of like I talked about last time, like black sheep And and certainly my clients who are the ones who are coming to therapy, there's so many memes on the internet of like, um, the reason or the people that don't go to therapy are the reasons that you're going to therapy, right? Um, And so you're coming in, you're talking to someone, you're laying it out on the table or out on the front lawn, and you're looking at your coping skills. And then you're starting to pick apart the ones that have worked and the ones that haven't or that are getting a negative result, the result that you don't want. Um, and so we're going to use a different skill in that place right we're going to replace that kind of broken tool or the the tool that doesn't work and give you the same response that you want and so as you're starting to build up this new version of you it's not quite fully formed yet it's still really soft and you're trying to implement other conversations or a different way of doing things and in in your head you're like god I mess that up again. <laughs> Why am I so dumb? Uh, or, you know, I, I am struggling with, um, implementing this new skill. And so I had talked before on one of the other episodes of how I started writing with my left hand, just to kind of implement that, that part of my brain, uh, to grow it. And obviously my left hand handwriting is garbage. Uh, one of the things that I noticed just as I was doing it is that the notes that I took in school with my left hand did not stick in my brain because that neural connection or that neural pathway hadn't quite solidified. So when I take notes with my right hand, and so they do say that when you are double integrating the information, so you're listening to it, you're maybe looking at a PowerPoint or, you know, your professor or whatever's writing it on the board, and then you're writing it down, it will stick better. But as I was doing it with my left hand, it didn't stick in the same way. Um, and <laughs> my writing was terrible. Uh, my writing is generally not that great, um, but it didn't stick in the same way. And so, when we are using a new skill, it doesn't stick in the same way. And not until we have habituated that skill does it then become solidified. That it then then becomes integrated as part of who we are and how we function. And so, really thinking about the molting process or the goo phase um we don't have those uh really set in behaviors until we do them consistently right and so i'm thinking about you know as people come in and certainly for myself uh have shed different parts of me and then are starting to learn i'm starting to learn new ways of doing things um certainly as a parent uh to a tiny human um my, my initial go-to skills were the ones that, you know, that I was raised with and those were not the healthiest or the most productive, not all, but certainly some. And so then I had to integrate new skills and I would mess it up regularly. I'd be like, ah, oh, that's not, that's not how I meant to do that. Um, and then as you know, as I, as I was developing and as a she was developing, um, you know, I tell clients all the time, like who we are as a parent to a baby we do things to take care of a baby uh, and the you know, same is true with a toddler. We've never parented a toddler before. And so, uh, you know, I, you've got to baby proof the house. They are mobile. They are doing things. Uh, once they start communicating, then, you know, we have to monitor what we're saying so that they're not repeating what we're saying. Um, and so with every phase and growth of that individual, you know, the human that we're raising, we are also raising ourselves as, a new parent every time we do it, right? And so I think about that process is very much a molting. It's very much a metamorphosis or an evolution because we get new information all the time, and then we're we're having to integrate new tools and new skills. And so you know, now that I have a thirty-year-old, a uh, very different mom than uh, when uh, when she was a teenager, or when she was a five-year-old. Um, you know, I obviously more hands off, clearly, um, and, and trusting, you know, her ability to do things. Um, the same is going to be true in long-term relationships. Uh, and certainly, uh, as the people that we are in relationship with, they go through things and have their own metamorphosis or uh, evolution. Um, you know, that the friends that I've had for years and have been in my life for a long, many seasons, um, I am, their are core parts of me that are the same. And then there are the ways that we interact based on who we are today. And um, fortunately, I have really great friends who are having those deep conversations and, you know, commenting and talking about things. Uh, One friend in particular is my cousin. Um, We've obviously been in relationship our whole lives. Um, and so we have seen each other through multiple seasons. Uh, I think we got really close when we were teenagers. Um, and so we're still really close now. And we will go through years sometimes without communicating and then, you know, kind of come back together and spend time together. And then, you know, we kind of pick up where we left off, but then it's this newer version of us with new insight and new information. I had the extreme pleasure of having dinner with a friend of mine. Um, We had gone to graduate school together. And, uh, you know, again, he and I go for like years without talking or different seasons, and then we come back together. Um, And so he was asking about my trip. I hadn't seen him since I came back. And, you know, really just talking about kind of where he is in his life and where I am in mine. Um, And so we were able to have these Really good conversations, or this really good conversation over dinner um, about this phase that we are in, uh, kind of in some ways mirroring each other with experiences and also looking back at who we have been. Um, and so it really did kind of solidify for me that, like, this was the topic that I was going to talk about, recognizing that we are all in an evolutionary phase. Uh, human beings just do it in a different way. Um, without really consciously thinking about molting or metamorphosizing into the new version of ourselves. Um, I think sometimes we go through big, significant changes, both because it's something that we've chosen or something that has happened to us. Um, and then we have to adjust to the environment. We have to grow into that new phase of ourselves because, we have to get new skills to be able to deal with the situation or circumstance that we're dealing with. And so when we are adapting to, you know, these, these new situations or circumstances, again, we fumble, we are not going to be our best selves and show up in this way. That's like, I just know how to handle this. This is great. Because even when we are choosing consciously to move into a new phase, um, you know, think about like moving into a new apartment um, or, or getting a new job. Um, You know, the, the way that we come home is different. Uh, The way that we, you know, answer the phone is different. Um, When we are in a new job, I was a temp for a long time. And then I ended up working for the temp agency as a recruiter and a placement coordinator. Um, And so when I was a temp, I was taking a a different job every couple weeks or, you know, sometimes I would have a, a short term gig for like three days or whatever. Um, and so I would ask for the business card so that generally I was doing front desk stuff. Um, so that when I answered the phone, I would be like, Hey, so-and-so business, you know, this is Stella. How can I direct your call or whatever? But I would always get a business card to be able to, to remember how to do that. Um, because I was in a different environment, like every time. Um, and so now having been in my career for 11 plus years, uh, answer the phone the same way, generally this is Stella, uh, because it's my cell phone. (laughs) Um but really recognizing like I had to integrate new skills every time. And so when a situation or circumstance is presented and we have to do things differently, we adapt. And so we get better at adapting. Uh, Certainly while I was traveling and and with my accountability buddy, we would talk about how I could pivot pretty easily. Um, And so especially with traveling and going to different countries and taking different modes of transportation, I got really good at pivoting and being accepting of whatever, the circumstance or situation was, but I had integrated the skill of going to these different countries of taking these different modes of transportation. Uh, For example, a train in different countries, uh, a bus in different countries, I could integrate and build on the skill that I had already um, adapted. Right. Um, And so it wasn't as uncomfortable because I was, you know, superimposing. Oh, this is how we do trains. Even if it's in a different country, Uh, this is how we, go to a new Airbnb and check in with the host and do all the things because I'd already had the skill, right? And so as we continue to adapt to whatever circumstance or environment is happening, uh, sometimes it's a little bit easier because we can superimpose that skill. Sometimes if it's a completely foreign situation, that feels super uncomfortable. We're just like everything I thought I had or I thought I knew or I thought I was is not true. And so how do I adapt to this? And how do I love myself through it so that I'm not just beating myself up, calling myself a failure and telling me that I'm terrible because I don't know how to handle this situation? Oftentimes, especially when clients come into my office and they're like, oh, I'm dealing with this new and different thing and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Okay. All right. Have you been through something similar before? no, nothing feels like this. All right, well, tell, tell me more. Tell me more about the story. Tell me more about who you are. And then we can recognize this skill, this tool actually fits really well here. This is an opportunity for us to use that skill that we have, you know, been able to adapt to things. And if there's not anything in that narrative, what I know to be true is we've all gone to school to whatever degree uh, yeah, elementary school, elementary school to middle school, unless you're homeschooled, which is a whole different thing, but still developmentally, you are evolving, right? I can take that information and be like, remember when we did this? Or remember when you went through, remember when you went through, um, this situation and you didn't know how to deal with it? How did, how did you deal with it? Because you did, you've gotten to this place and they're like, oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. This is, and and maybe it's not a seamless transition, but it, is, it increases that awareness that you do actually know how to pivot. You do actually know how to grow into this new version of yourself. Even if you didn't go to school, right? Uh, you went through puberty. <laughs> that, that happened. Your whole body changed. Your hormones increased. You have, in fact, metamorphosized into this version of you. And they're like, oh, all right, okay. Uh, that was awkward and terrible. All right, well, this is maybe going to be awkward and terrible. And as long as you recognize that you do have the ability to adapt to a situation or circumstance, then we can move forward. Then we can recognize that you will, in fact, grow a new shell or find a new home or, you know, um, you might learn to fly. You might get wings. Who knows? Um, One of the other, you know, beautiful things that happens, obviously, this time of year in this part of the world, is that we get seasons and and the leaves change, right? Fascinated by trees in general, fascinated by nature. I always have been, have a background in biology. On a cellular level, that level of change is very interesting to me. Um, And so there is an acid that is produced in a leaf as it loses its pigmentation, and then it falls from the tree. Um, I have I have a ficus, it's at my daughter's, but um, I found it very fascinating that a ficus tree will actually go through fall, even though the temperature is regulated, which is interesting because it's inside. Um, And, you know, it it did it for years. It doesn't do it as much now, but for years it would, and it's also, it gets colder in the house, um, but it would create that acid and the, the leaves would fall off and it would turn yellow. Not the whole thing, but enough of it. And so really recognizing that nothing is static, literally nothing. And that for me is comforting, but for some people it's very uncomfortable because they don't like change. And, you know, I, I get it. Like change is not the most comfortable thing, even when we're choosing it. But when we're choosing it, we feel like we have a little bit more control. What we don't recognize is you still have to you have to get new skills. You have to learn new things. You have to try and adapt Either adapt yourself to the environment, situation, or circumstance, or you're going to stumble and fall, and it will be uncomfortable, but change is going to happen either way. And so when we can take that perspective of detachment, however um, significant it is, uh, then it, it, it gets a little bit easier because I'm not holding on so tightly to an older version of me or holding on so tightly to whatever the circumstance or situation is. Um, And when it's sudden, sometimes we feel like we're falling headlong into unfortunate and uncomfortable uh, terrain. You know, I was holding on so tightly to whatever I thought this idea was, and now I have been released and I am fucking free falling and that is so uncomfortable. And what I know to be true for most human beings is that we have a skill set and maybe we can't fly, but you've got a parachute. And you just have to release that and fall a little bit more slowly. You're still going to fall. It is going to happen because gravity is a thing on this particular planet, in this particular galaxy, and this side of the universe. That's true. We're going to fall. 100%. Water. Mm. I took a really cool picture this weekend. uh, Last weekend. I had gone for a run in uh, Los Poblanos open space, which I that's what I like to do on Sundays. And so there was this gorgeous like setup. And so I went to take the picture, climbed up on this hill. It was the end of my run and I turned around and I fucking biffed it and I hurt my hand. I got a little bit of a little bit of a scab. Um, and there was a man that was walking right behind me and he was like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I was kind of giggling. Uh, cause every time gravity does that to me, I giggle, uh, you know, after I cry. But uh, I was giggling and I was like, no, I'm fine. And he was like, you're bleeding. And I was like, eh, it's just my hand It's just good. Um, and I sat there for a while and he, you know, kind of went along the trail and he looked back and he was like, are you sure you're okay? And I was like, yeah, I've fallen before. I'm okay. <laughs> um, and so I got up and I kind of dusted myself off uh, and I walked a little bit more slowly to the car and I giggled and I, I giggled because there was, there is always for me a humbling when I recognize that gravity is still a thing. It keeps me very grounded. And uh, sometimes I need to be reminded that I can fall, that I am still a soft and squishy creature that has skin that, you know, scrapes. Um, and so I lean into those moments of discomfort and I giggle, you know, not always. Sometimes I cry first. Uh, a lot of times I cry first. Um, but I do recognize that our human experience is. That we are going to fall, that shit is going to happen, that life will get very uncomfortable, and then we'll figure it out. And when we integrate new skills and when we try to do things in a different way that is going to be better for us and for the relationships that we want to have, uh, we're going to fumble. We're going to go back to old ways of doing things, and then we're going to continue to adapt and implement those new skills and tools um I happen to have again really good friends and people in my life uh that are of similar age and sometimes you know especially when we've known each other for many seasons it's like how the fuck did we get to this place where we have like gray hair and wrinkles and all the things and inside I feel like you know sometimes the 25 year old version of me um and then I look in the mirror and I'm like that's not true (laughs) The telomeres in your uh, DNA strands are breaking down, and your hair is going to turn gray. Your skin is not going to be as plump as it was. Your joints and, you know, muscles are not going to work. When I fall, I will be sore for three days. That's true. And I still have the ability to get up and go for a run on a fucking cold day when it's, you know, raining outside. I will stop and I will take the picture uh, and I will get the image and it'll be fine and it'll be uncomfortable and it'll be dumb and I'm going to have to, you know, start over. And every time I start over, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to start over. Um, because you know, some people don't have that opportunity. Um, and so this idea of the crab was, was motivating for me. Um, in as much as it is painful and difficult to evolve to the next version of ourselves, what I know to be true is, um, Whenever we're tested to go to that next level, energetically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, um, professionally, right? When when I have had again the opportunity to like go to school and you know get higher and higher degrees, the tests get harder and harder. Um, when I have been promoted or promoted myself to new skills and tasks, the tasks get harder. They're supposed to. And I have consciously chosen to move forward through life in that way, in in very dramatic ways, sometimes selling all my things and, and going across the world, you know, to, to write a book, um, to come on camera and process things out loud. Wasn't doing that when I first started the podcast. And, and now I do it every week. Um, it has been challenging. I have fumbled. I have totally messed it up and said really ridiculous things. <laughs> and then I get better at it. And so, I challenge you to recognize that you might be in a molting phase. You might be in a phase where all of your leaves are going to fall off and it feels like you're dying inside and you will bloom again. So, there's your nugget emotion right at the end. Um, I do want to remind you that I am having the Holiday Boundary uh, Toolkit workshop on the 18th at Discovering Greatness here in Albuquerque. If you're interested in attending, it's at 10 a.m. And so there are still a few spots available. So you can reach out to me at lx2.cod.coach. You can reach out and DM me here on Instagram. Um, I am grateful to all the people who are listening. We continue to grow on uh, Podbean on Spotify, uh, CastBox, um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find me wherever you get your podcasts. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining me on this video journey. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. All right. I am ending the video and I am ending the podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who is listening and I will talk to you next week. Take care.